Salutations, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we are going to be taking a very, very special spotlight on one of not only my favorite jazz artists, but one of the most renowned jazz composers, pianists, artists, and entertainers in the history of jazz music. So without further ado, let me announce that our special spotlight is on the one and only Thomas Fats Waller. We're going to be giving you 12 of his biggest hits for those of you who may not be that familiar with some of Fats Waller's greatest uh, songs. They're spread all over recorded jazz, and you may find yourself going, I didn't know Fats Waller wrote that. Well, more than likely he did. And had he lived to be an older gentleman, such as Ellington's age or even Thelonious Monk's age, he would probably be considered one of the greatest jazz composers of all time. But even in his short lifespan, he made such an indelible mark on the history of recorded jazz with the tunes that he did write. So that is what we're going to be talking about uh, on this episode. We're going to delve into some facts about Fats Waller um, and give you a a little bit uh, of biographical information uh heads up the 12 tracks that we are going to be playing in this particular episode will actually be chronological so that way you get to hear the development as it happened and that's a little tough to do with just 12 tracks but we have done the homework so that you can sit back and enjoy it so sit back relax grab a beverage and let's delve into the fantastic jazz music of pianist, composer, and entertainer Thomas Fats Waller, here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Enjoy. Don't 
your taste and live the honey valley drips you confection goodness knows honeysuckle road
Fantastic piano stylings right there by the one and only Fats Waller. That was a tune called Handful of Keys, and it comes from the two-disc set Turn on the Heat, the Fats Waller piano solos on Bluebird Records. Before that, we actually heard uh, a tune that was composed by Fats Waller called What Did I Do? To be so black and blue. And you'll notice that that was not Fats Waller singing. That was actually Edith Wilson. And um, that comes from an, uh, a various artist compilation from Timeless Historical Records called Tight Women and Loose Bands. And it's classic female vaudeville blues singers with hot accompaniments from 1921 to 1931. And then we started off the set with Honeysuckle Rose. That's right, the Honeysuckle Rose. And uh, that's a great tune to start out with, so that's why I, I went ahead and chose that one, because it's a standard, and it's a standard that's been... Uh, transformed and used throughout many parts 
of recorded jazz. I mean, even Charlie Parker, when he wrote Scrapple from the Apple, based those changes on the changes to Honeysuckle Rose, which Fats Waller wrote with Andy Razaf. And it comes from the album Fats Waller and His Rhythm, Breaking the Ice, The Early Years, Part 1, 1934 to 1935. So I understand that those first two weren't quite chronological, but you get the sense, why would you start off a Fats Waller spotlight without Fats Waller? So there you go. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Fats Waller. Thomas Wright Fats Waller was born May 21st, 1904, and passed away December 15th, 1943. He was an American jazz pianist, organist, composer, and singer. Plus, he was an entertainer, so that makes him a five-times threat. His innovations in the Harlem Stride style laid much of the basis for modern jazz piano. His best-known compositions, Ain't Misbehavin' and Honeysuckle Rose, were inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1984 and 1999, respectively. He copyrighted over 400 songs, many of them co-written with his closest collaborator, Andy Razaf, who I mentioned just before. Andy Razaf described his partner, Fats Waller, as, quote, the soul of melody, a man who made the piano sing, both big in body and in mind, known for his generosity, a bubbling bundle of joy, end quote. It is likely that he composed many more popular songs than he has been credited with, when in financial difficulties he had a habit of selling songs to other writers and performers who claimed them as their own. Waller started playing the piano at the age of six and became a professional organist by 15. By the age of 18, he was a recording artist. He was a prolific songwriter and one of the most popular performers of his era touring internationally and achieving critical and commercial success in the United States and in Europe. So, Fats Waller was the seventh child of 11, five who would actually survive childhood, born to Adeline Lockett Waller, a musician, and the Reverend Edwin Edward Martin Waller, a trucker and pastor in New York City. He started playing the piano when he was just six and graduated to playing the organ at his father's church four years later. His mother instructed him in his youth as his piano teacher, and he attended other music lessons, paying for them by working in a grocery store. Waller attended DeWitt Clinton High School for one semester, but left school at age 15 to work as the organist at the Lincoln Theater in Harlem, where he earned $32 a week, which is a lot back then. Within 12 months, he had composed his first rag. He was the prize pupil and later the friend and colleague of the stride pianist James P. Johnson. Fats Waller also studied composition at the Juilliard School with Carl Bohm and Leopold Godowski. His mother passed away on November 10th, 1920, from a stroke due to diabetes. Fats Waller's first recordings 
Muscle Shoals Blues, and Birmingham Blues were made in October 1922 for the OK record label. That year, he also made his first player piano roll, which was called Got to Cool My Doggies Now. Fats Waller's first published composition, Squeeze Me, was published in 1924. So that gives you an idea of the early um, early career and life of Thomas Fats Waller. He was so well admired uh, that the pianist and composer Oscar Levant called Fats Waller the Black Horowitz. Which, why do we need a Black Horowitz? You know what I mean? Well, that was a, a kind of a backhanded compliment uh, back in the day. Um, but the point is, is that Fats Waller was just that much of a genius. And um, his longtime partner, Andy Razaf, again, um, he and Fats Waller wrote the music and or performed in several successful Broadway musicals, including 1928's Keep Shufflin', 1929's Hot Chocolates, and 1943's Early to Bed with lyricist George Marion Jr. Um, so we mentioned that Fats Waller was also an organist. Well, not only was he an organist, but he is the one who is responsible for teaching a young William Count Basie how to play the organ. Yeah. So we can thank Fats Waller for even his kindness and patience in teaching the great Count Basie how to play the organ. And Count Basie is a fantastic organist, by the way. Not a lot of people know that, but he really is. Because the thing about it is there's this one record in particular that I absolutely love with Count Basie and Joe Williams called Ad Lib Memories, and it's just a bunch of standards. And it's Count Basie playing the organ behind Joe Williams, and it's completely tasteful. Just, it, it's not like a Jimmy Smith sort of thing, but it's it's just perfect for the the vibe of that session. And if you haven't checked out Ad Lib Memories with Count Basie and, and Joe Williams, you totally should, just as a side note. But back to Vance Waller and his compositional prowess. Uh, biographer Barry Singer uh, conjectured that the song I Can't Give You Anything But Love Baby uh, made famous by Adelaide Hall in the, sh- in the Broadway show The Blackbirds of 1928. Uh, some people attribute that song to Fats Waller. And... Barry Singer conjectured that this song was actually written by Fats Waller and Andy Razaf, which is one of the biggest songs of the day, by the way, and provided a description of the sale given by Waller to the New York Post in 1929. He sold the song for a mere $500 to a white songwriter for use in a financially successful show. Uh, consistent with Jimmy McHugh's contribution, contributions to Harry Delmar's Revels from 1927 and then to the Blackbirds of 1928 that we mentioned before. He noted that the early handwritten manuscripts in the Dana Library Institute of Jazz Studies of, quote, 
spreading rhythm around R and Fats Waller's handwriting. Jazz historian Paul S. Mocklin commented that the singer conjecture has, quote, considerable historical justification, end quote. According to the, a biography by Fats Waller's son, Maurice Waller, he told his son never to play the song within earshot because he had to sell it when he needed money. Maurice Waller also wrote that his father objected to hearing on the sunny side of the street on the radio as well. So it's possible that these two very large jazz standards, and I can't give you anything but love, and on the sunny side of the street could have been written by Fats Waller. They both sound very similar to something that Fats Waller would write. I will say that. And it sounds like there is some historical evidence uh, and justification to prove that he wrote, I can't give you anything but love. But, wow. Can you imagine that? So, there's some controversy and some mystery associated with Great Fats Waller. And I want to clue you into that as well. uh, Because even if you know some of these Fats Waller's tunes that we're playing, you may not know some of this information and that's what we're here to do is not only play some great tunes and spread some great vibes but also to educate about some of these these instances and these fantastic genius musicians like Fats Waller so hopefully you dig a little bit of the lanyap a little bit of the extra extra info that you get you know here on the Dr. Jazz podcast so um, let me also say that you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast, wherever you find your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, whatever, we are there. So if you know someone who would dig this music, please pass it on. Remember, we're not making a dime off this. We actually have to pay money to upload this. Uh, we're not, you know, uh, begging for, you know, smashing subscribe buttons or likes or anything so much like that. Uh, we always appreciate it when you do leave a positive review especially on Apple Podcasts, because it's just into the ether there. There's so many podcasts. But um, we're not making any money. There's no merchandise. It's truly just a a jazz evangelical mission to spread good vibes and good music to everyone out there. So, um, yeah. And if you want to try to find these albums, these songs, these tracks, whatever, there's no use in jotting them down. That's That's just giving your thumbs a workout that you don't need. So we've done all that work for you. All you have to do is check out the, the podcast's website. And that website address is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast, dot wordpress dot com. And there you can find out not only the, each track, the artist's name, and the album artwork in the order in which they're played for every episode of the podcast. So that way you know what to go looking for in your local record store or UCD store. Or, if you don't have one, online. So, And if you'd like to write to us, we'd love to hear from you. We always love to hear from our listeners. Just scroll up to the top, click the contact button, and it will draw up a blank box in which you can craft your email. Hit send, and I will receive that, and I will write you back. So, yeah. All right. Enough talking from me. Let's get to our second great set of music, spotlighting the one and only Fats Waller, here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. (laughs) 
is true when you say I love you. It's a sin to tell a lie. Billions of hearts have been broken. Yes, yes. Just because these words were spoken. You know the words that were spoken? Here it is. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> yes, but if you break my heart, I'll break your jaw and then I'll die. So be sure it's true when you say I love you. <laughs> it's a sin to tell a lie. Now get on out there and tell your lie. What is it? Yeah! Bring it on out, Jenny! 
Yes, yes, yes. Gotta love Fats Waller. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So that last track was I'm Crazy About My Baby and My Baby's Crazy About Me. And it comes from the early years, part three, 1936, on RCA Bluebird's uh, CD set, Fats Waller and His Rhythm, Fractious Fingering. Before that, from the same CD set, we heard It's a Sin to Tell a Lie. And then we started off the set with I've Got a Feeling I'm Falling from that same piano solo box set, the Fats Waller Piano Solos. Turn on the heat. It is a two-CD box set from the RCA Bluebird label as well. So, a little bit more about Fats Waller. First of all, isn't he just so effervescent? I mean, it's just... The songs are so bubbly and full of life and joy and light. And then he's just got this infectious personality that jumps off the record into your ears and into your heart. And that's one of the reasons I just absolutely love Fats Waller. He is just so bubbly and so effervescent. I just, I love it. Absolutely love it. Personality, uh... That's just so huge. And in fact, um, here's the crazy part, is that many of the the, the tracks you're hearing in this episode of the podcast are first takes. There were no second takes for many of them. Now, some of them, yes, but many of them, no. And this is is proven true by uh, clarinetist and, and, and saxophonist Gene Cedric, who actually recorded with Fats Waller on clarinet in the 1930s. And he says, quote, Fats was the most relaxed man I ever saw in a studio. And he, and so he made everybody else feel relaxed. After a balance had been taken, we just need one take to make a side, unless it was a kind of, of a difficult number, end quote. So this guy, besides being so effervescent, made all the other cats feel very relaxed and he had his stuff together. He was just laying it down to record. That's how good he was. Um, now, here's a crazy story. So, we're talking 1920s. We're talking Chicago. So, you know who we're about to talk about then, right? That's right. Scarface. Al Capone. So, on one occasion, Fats Waller's playing seemed to put him at risk of some kind of injury. He was kidnapped in Chicago while leaving a performance in 1926. Four men had bundled him into a car, because it took four men. Four men had bundled him into a car and took him to the Hawthorne Inn, owned by Al Capone. Fats Waller was ordered inside the building and found a party taking place. With a gun to his back... He was pushed towards the piano and told to play. A terrified Fats Waller realized that he was the quote-unquote surprise guest at Al Capone's birthday party and was relieved that the kidnappers actually had no intention of killing him. Now, I've heard other versions of this story, and it goes on to say that they gave him all 
the the liquor that he wanted at the piano and kept him for I want to say 48 hours two or three days and just requested tune after tune after tune after tune after tune after tune and that by the time he left he walked out with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollar bills stuffed in his pockets and all the food and drink that he would wanted for like two days due to Al Capone and his very wealthy um, gangster buddies. So <clears throat> there you go. It wasn't just Sinatra was the first one that, uh, you know, rubbed shoulders with the mob. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So that's a very interesting uh, a story, you know. But one of those tunes um, that we we heard right there was um, in the last set, Honeysuckle Rose, was written in 1929. And that's the thing. Um, he composed certain tunes like Honeysuckle Rose and um, I'm Crazy About My Baby that were kind of these novelty songs. And then he also composed different stride piano display pieces like the Handful of Keys tune that we heard as well. So he could compose, you know, both styles, you know, both um, serious, difficult Harlem stride piano pieces and novelty tunes that were popular tunes. And it's also known that he wrote some serious music as well. Um, like the, the Piccadilly pieces uh, for, for London and all that. And it's been said, and, and I read this in Mercer Ellington's book um, about his father, Duke Ellington, that they were talking about um, Fats Waller because when a young Duke Ellington came up through New York, you know, he was uh, kind of taken under the wing of James P. Johnson, Willie the Lion Smith, and Fats Waller. That was kind of like the three cowboy heroes, you know, the three musketeers, whatever. And <clears throat> the thing about it is, is that Mercer Ellington had gotten to know Maurice Waller. And Maurice Waller had mentioned that there was a trunk full of music that his father, Fats Waller, had written that the world was just not ready for. They just want to put him in this box as a happy-go-lucky, jovial, you know, Faustian kind of man, you know, uh, of stature that's playing this high, joyous, bubbly kind of piano and that this music was serious music and the world just would not be ready to wrap their head around the serious music that was in this trunk, you know, and... So I don't know if we'll ever find it one day. If it's kind of like those lost Mozart or Beethoven pieces or whatever. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to find that. But it would be a landmark event if we actually did. So, who knows? Maybe one day when that stuff is found, Dudamel and the New York Phil will play it. So there you go. Anyway, <clears throat> as I was saying... He wrote all these great tunes uh, in, in a myriad of, of, of styles for the day. 
And some of these tunes that we've already heard were so early. I mean, What Did I Do to Be So Black and Blue was written in 1929. Um, and even though it was recorded with that version that we heard by Edith Wilson, um, Ethel Waters made a hit out of it. Louis Armstrong made a hit out of it. And it, it's just, yeah, it's very interesting. You know what I mean? That these early tunes still had the staying power, especially for back then. Um, but yeah, his, his organ playing w- was important, as I mentioned, that he was uh, an influence on Count Basie. But he was also an influence on Errol Garner and his style of playing as well. Um, and he wasn't, Fats Waller wasn't just a, a, a jazz-minded you know, player, he could also perform Bach organ pieces. And in fact, he performed some of those for some small chamber, you know, audiences um, and real intimate settings on occasion. So that kind of gives credibility to some of the things that Maurice Waller was saying about some of the um, the more uh, traditional kind of uh, classical music that maybe the world's not ready for. But, I mean, here we are in 2023 I think we're ready so you know um yeah so as I mentioned before Fats Waller was deep into Broadway musicals uh later in his career he had the distinction of becoming the very first African-American songwriter to compose a hit Broadway musical that was seen by mostly white audiences Broadway producer Richard Colmar's hiring of Fats Waller to create the 1943 musical Early to Bed, which we mentioned earlier, was recalled in a 2016 essay about Fats Waller by John McWhorter. And this is what it said. Even as late as 1943, the idea of a black composer writing the score for a standard-issue white show was unheard of. When Broadway performer and producer Richard Colmar began planning Early to Bed, his original idea was for Fats Waller to perform it as a comic character, not to write the music. Waller was, after all, as much a comedian as a musician. Comedy rarely dates well, but almost 80 years later, his comments and timing during Your Feet's Too Big are as funny as anything on Comedy Central, and he nearly walks away with the movie Stormy Weather with just one musical scene and a bit of mugging later on, despite the competition of Bill Bojangles Robinson, Lena Horne, and the Nicholas Brothers. Colmar's original choice for composer of Early to Bed was Ferdy Grofi, best known as the orchestrator of George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, whose signature compositions were portentous concert suites. But Grofi withdrew, and it is to Colmar's credit that he realized that he had a top-rate pop song composer available in Fats Waller. Waller's double duty as composer and performer was short-lived. During a cash crisis and an, an advanced state of intoxication, Waller threatened to leave the production unless Colmar bought the rights to his early-to-bed music for $1,000. This was typical of Fats Waller, who often sold melodies for quick cash when in his cups. The evidence suggests, for example, that the standards I Can't Give You Anything But Love and On the Sunny Side of the Street were Fats Waller tunes, which we mentioned earlier. 
Fatswaller came to his senses the next day, but Colmar decided that his drinking habits made him too risky a proposition for eight performances a week. From then on, Waller was the show's composer only, with lyrics by George Marion, whose best-remembered work today is the script for the Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers film The Gay Divorcee. Six months after the premiere of Early to Bed, it was still playing in a Broadway theater. So, there you go. That, that, that still kind of ties up some more of those ends that we brought up and discussed in the last break. Um, but yeah, just as a side note there, to the film um, with Stormy Weather, with Bill Bojangles Robinson, Lena Horne, and the Nicholas Brothers, that's true. There is this absolutely iconic moment in that movie, Stormy Weather, that you see Fats Waller with his pencil-thin mustache, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, the bowler hat cocked to the side, black vest on, sitting at this upright piano, just hammering the keys away, and the eyebrows going up and down like crazy, almost Groucho Marx-ish, and being funny, and playing Ain't Misbehavin', and there's all the musicians around him, and it's an absolute raucous joy. And if that movie were just more shots like that, I would not complain a bit. It's a fantastic movie. And in fact, Stormy Weather, uh, to tie it up with other jazz legends, was the movie that pianist, composer, and bandleader Joe Zavinul from Weather Report, Miles Davis and all that, Joe Zavinul said, I think, that he watched Stormy Weather 27 times or something like that. It, and it's just, he was enamored with the great music, um, with Lena Horne, with Bill Robinson, with Fats Waller, all these things. Uh, but you'd have to imagine that Fats Waller playing the piano in that style and as just genius as it was, had to have made an indelible mark on Joe Zavinul's brain coming up. So, there you go. Tying up Fats Waller to Weather Report. There you go. That's what you get here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. All right, stick around. we got uh, another great set of music. We're only halfway. Uh, so, yeah, hold on to yourself because we and strap in. We've got two more sets, and this is a good one. So, Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fats Waller Spotlight here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. They have a new expression along old Harlem Way That tells you when a party is ten times more than gay To say that things are jumping leaves not a single doubt That everything is in full swing when you hear someone shout it is, the joint is jumping, it's really jumping, come in cats and check your hats, I mean the joint is jumping, the piano's thumping, the dancers are bumping, this is spot is more than hot, in fact the joint is jumping, check your weapons at the door, be sure to pay your quarter, burn your leather on the floor, grab anybody's daughter, the roof is rocking, the neighbor's knocking. We're all bums when the wagon comes. I mean, John is jumping. Let it see. 
squeeze me again Baby, don't stop till I tell you when Baby, squeeze me and kiss me some more Just like you did before Little Cupid is standing close by Come on, don't let your fat daddy cry Pick me up, oh babe, on your knee, oh babe I get so old, you know, when you squeeze me So, three great tunes right there. That last one was called Squeeze Me, and it comes from Fats Waller and his rhythm, The Middle Years, Part 2. And uh, a good man is hard to find. <clears throat> and then before that, we heard an instrumental of Blue Turning Gray Over You, another original composition by Fats Waller, and that's found off of Fats Waller and his rhythm, The Middle Years Part 1. And then we started off the set with The Joint is Jumpin' uh, from the same album, The Middle Years Part 1, and that's such a great party tune. Uh, let's kind of tackle these in, in, in backwards. So <clears throat> the last tune that we just heard, Squeeze Me, <clears throat> features John Hamilton on the trumpet, Gene Cedric on the clarinet and tenor sax, of course Fats Waller on the piano, um, on the guitar, trying to go back and see because they just add certain people here, um, on the guitar, John Smith on the guitar, and then we have Cedric Wallace on the bass, and Slick Jones on the drums. So, yeah, and that was some great trumpet work and some very mellow tenor uh, playing by uh, Gene Cedric there, who we 
pulled a quote from earlier. And that was one of his earlier compositions that he kind of reimagined and re-recorded. So in that respect, Fats Waller was very similar to like Duke Ellington or even Herbie Hancock and taking something that he had written years and years before and reimagining it, reimagined it musically to be uh, more effective for the time period. You know, for Ellington's sake, I mean, there is so many that he did that with, whether it was Sophisticated Lady or whether it was tunes like Mood Indigo, which there are just dozens of arrangements of. Uh, and then even Herbie Hancock. You think about the versions of, like, for in the, I guess the best instance is Watermelon Man. You know, he, he recorded that in 1962 on his very first Blue Note Records album. And then by the time that he was signed to Columbia with the Headhunters, uh, recording, you know, Chameleon and those kind of things on that tr on that album. There's only four tracks, but one of them was a complete re-imagining uh, of Watermelon Man that had these pan pipes and, and, and things like that. And, and now everybody knows both versions quite well. So, um... Yeah, but you, you go back, and Fats is one of the first ones to really do that here with tunes like Squeeze Me. So there you go. Um, before Squeeze Me, like as I said before, we heard Blue Turning Gray Over You as an instrumental. And uh, it should be said that in the line of notes here that with Swing growing in popularity, Victor Records decided to issue an album of 12-inch sides by four leading jazz names. The set was called A Symposium of Swing and included items by Benny Goodman, Tommy Dorsey, and Bunny Berrigan. Fats Waller was represented by Honeysuckle Rose and Blue Turning Gray Over You, which was recorded at the next session. Given the chance to extend his performance performances to four and a half minutes each Waller used a Rondo-like formula with varying elements of the band reappearing throughout the performance drummer Slick Jones takes a brief early vibraphone solo adding another color to the proceedings the impression is that there were is that they were supplementing their usual routine instead of creating a new game plan for the extra time on record so that's pretty cool and then we started off the set, as I said, with The Joint is Jumpin', which is one of the great Fats Waller classics. And <clears throat> something to be said about that was, um, for the first time, on October 7, 1937, for the first time, a Waller session is entirely devoted to his compositions. The experiment was justified, resulting in one of his biggest hits. In his invaluable invaluable biography ain't misbehaving ed kirkaby that's waller's manager explains quote in october the band was booked into a boston theater for a week and then was due back in new york for a recording session in order to get some new material together fats asked andy razaf and jc johnson to accompany him on the train several songs were written the most famous being the joint is jumping a product of all three men, end quote. The song initially achieved fame through large record sales and Fats' performance of it in a movie short, 
In the 1970s, it was prominent in the Waller-derived Broadway musical show, which was rather unimaginatively titled A Misbehavin'. The recording features audience noises. Reportedly, Andy Razaf and J.C. Johnson on the recording that we heard are among the revelers in the studio, and it does capture the party aspects of Fats Waller to perfection. Although it should be clear by now how much more varied Fats Waller's musical world really was. And that's true. He wasn't just a, a, a party tune composer, but it is one of his most well-known tunes. And the, the fact that he is adding all the sirens and like the police crashing a, you know, a, a party and that sort of thing, and then him ending with, don't give him your right name, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it almost harkens back to Jelly Roll Morton and Dead Man Blues and things like that where you hear like, you know, a honk from like a car and it's like, who's that five o'clock in the morning in the daytime walk through the street? You know, I don't know, you know, and that sort of thing. And it's wonderful that we can really, if you if you listen to some of this early jazz, that's just so fantastic to let and understand that Fats Waller is kind of like this effervescent glue that ties in the, the, the bookends of like Jelly Roll Morton and and describing what it's like to be on the streets in New Orleans, you know, in, in, in the 20s and in, in early part of recorded jazz all the way to like Duke Ellington and Harlem stride piano. So the glue in between those things is Fats Waller, which is that's, that's one hell of a glue, you know? So there you go. Um, speaking of that, you know, we saw, we said that the join is jumping was featured in, in a movie short. Well, that movie short back then in the day used to be called soundies and, you can you can go on YouTube and you can find you can look up Fats Waller the Join Us Jumpin' you can see the soundy yourself if you'd like, um, but you can see these things and this three minute film uh, was filmed in 1941 uh, by producer Fred Waller which is no relation whatsoever and director Warren Murray. Um, Fats Waller filled, filmed four songs and uh, in these little soundies and. They were originally played in coin-operated movie jukeboxes. So what that meant was, like, you would pop in, you know, a coin, like a dime or a nickel or something like that, and then you just kind of put your, your, your eyes into this kind of, like, goggle thing in a box. And think, if you're of a certain age what we used to use as viewmasters, you know, where you had the little cartridge and you would pop in the little flat disc and then you would click it, you know, with your right hand and it would, you know, seem like a 3D sort of thing. But you had this, this like, thing that you had to look into, right? Well, imagine popping in a, a nickel or a dime and something about the size of a, of a post office box, you know, that you drive up to and put your mail in. Imagine something about that size that you would, put your head down and you'd watch this little movie for three minutes. Well, that's what the soundies were. And one of the most popular was the join is jumping. So nowadays we can just go on YouTube and we can find it. Um, but back in the day, that was something to do while you were waiting, uh, you know, 
to get your popcorn or, you know, your husband or wife was getting the popcorn and a soda or some kind of, you know, treat at the movies or whatever. And, or you're ready, you're waiting on the movie to start. Of course, you get there early. And you pop in a coin and you see the, the newest little soundy, you know, that's right there. Uh, and that helped escalate record sales. And the record sales, sales were already through the roof. That's why they made a soundy. So it just enhanced it. Uh, and it also helped cement the legacy and popularity of Fats Waller. So there you go. Now, personal life. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, 1920, Fats is married to Edith Hatch, which... They had their first son, Thomas Waller Jr., in 1921. Uh, 1923, they divorced, and Fats married Anita Rutherford in 1926. Together, they had a son, Maurice Thomas Waller. Uh, and that Maurice Waller that we keep talking about, that's the son of Anita and Fats. In 1928, Anita and Fats Waller had their second son, Ronald Waller. 1938, Fats Waller was one of the first African-Americans to purchase a home in the Addisley Park section of St. Albans, Queens, uh, a New York City community with racially restrictive covenants. After his purchase and litigation in the New York State courts, he had a fight for his home. Many prosperous African-Americans followed, including many jazz artists like Count Basie, Lena Horne, Ella Fitzgerald, and Milt Hinton. So, um, in 19, in December 15, 1943, Fats Waller contracted pneumonia and died while traveling aboard the famous cross-country Los Angeles to Chicago train called the Super Chief. And he passed away near Kansas City, Missouri. His final recording session was with an interracial group in Detroit, Michigan, that included white trumpeter Don Hurlman and Waller was returning to New York City from Los Angeles after the smash success of the film Stormy Weather, which we talked about in the last break, and a successful engagement at the Zanzibar Room in Santa Monica. And it's during that time uh, in which he had fallen ill. More than 4,200 people, 4,200 people were estimated to have attended his funeral at the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem which prompted Reverend Adam Clayton Powell Jr., who delivered the eulogy, to say that Fats Waller, quote, always played to a packed house, end quote. Afterwards, his body was cremated and his ashes were scattered over the, all over Harlem from an airplane piloted by an unidentified African-American World War I aviator. So that's how... Fats Waller passed away, and then it's worth noting that one of his descendants is the NFL football player, Darren Waller, who happens to be Fats Waller's great-grandson. As far as tributes go, he had many admirers during and after his heyday. In 1939, while nightclubbing in Harlem, Fats Waller discovered a white-stride pianist playing his tunes. It was the young Harry Gibson. Fats Waller tipped him handsomely and then hired him to be his relief pianist during his own performances. (laughs) Uh, 
He also had contemporaries in recording studios. He recorded for Victor Records. Uh, so Decca Records hired singer-pianist Bob Howard for recordings aimed at the Fats Waller audience. And Columbia Records follows suit with hiring Putney Dandridge, who were both great pianists in their own right, but nowhere to the level and genius of Fats Waller. Um, probably the most talented pianist to keep the music of Fats Waller's music alive in the years after his passing was Ralph Sutton, uh, who focused his career on playing stride piano. Ralph Sutton was a great admirer of Fats Waller, saying, quote, I've never heard a piano man swing better than Fats, or swing a band better than he could. I never get tired of him. Fats has been with me from the first, and he'll be with me as long as I live. Uh, yeah, actor and band leader Conrad Janis also did a lot to keep the stride piano music of Fats Waller and James P. Johnson alive. Uh, 1949, as an 18-year-old, Janice put together a band of aging jazz greats consisting of James P. Johnson on the piano, Henry Goodwin on the trumpet, Ed Hall on the clarinet, Pops Foster on bass, and Baby Dodds on the drums with Janice himself on the trombone. And as we alluded to before, there was a Broadway musical uh, showcasing all Fats Waller tunes entitled Ain't Misbehavin', and that was produced in 1978 and featured Nell Carter, if you remember Give Me a Break, the TV show, the same Nell Carter. Nell Carter, Andre DeShields, Armelia McQueen, Ken Page, and Charlene Woodward. That show actually won Nell Carter a Tony Award. The show opened at the Longacre Theater and ran for more than 1,600 performances. It was revived on Broadway in 1988 at the Ambassador Theater with the original Broadway cast. Performed by five African-American actors, the show included such songs as Honeysuckle Rose, The Join Us Jumpin', and Ain't Misbehavin'. So, in popular culture, it should be said that his tune, Louisiana Fairy Tale, was used for many years as the theme song to the American TV series, this old house his church organ music was actually prominently featured in Eraserhead, the david lynch film from 1977 if you were wondering where that church organ music was from it's from fats waller a fake documentary of his life was featured prominently in the film be kind rewind from 2008 uh, Thin Lizzy's 1981 album renegade has a song on that album called fats and that's actually written about Fats Waller. So, yeah, a lot of info about Fats Waller. He got his Gannett Records Walk of Fame in 2008. Um, he was inducted as part of the Erdogan Jazz Hall of Fame from Jazz at Lincoln Center in 2005. In 1993, he got the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. In 1989, he was inducted into the Big Band and Jazz Hall of Fame. And in 1970, he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. All right, quick PSA. Remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Amazon Podcast, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Podbean, whatever. We are there. So if you know someone who would dig this music or just this kind of podcast, please pass it along, along to them. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you're looking for all the titles of the episode that you've heard in the order in which they're played, just go to our website, which is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z, 
www.podcast.wordpress.com. And there you can find all that info of each song title, the artist, and the album artwork in the order in which they're played so you know exactly what to order if you find a song that you really dig. And we do that for all of our episodes here at the podcast, not just this one. So that's a testament of our work ethic for you. Also, at the top of that page there on our website, you can click Contact, and it'll take you to a blank box in which you can craft an email, hit Send, and it will go directly to me. And we'd love to hear from our listeners, and I will write you back. So feel free to write away if you have thoughts about this episode or any other episode. We'd love to hear from you. All right, we've got one last great set of music on this very special tribute and spotlight to pianist, composer, vocalist, organist, raconteur, (laughs) Uh, jazz phenom, Fats Waller. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. I'm steaming, I'm really screaming, all that meat and no potatoes. my fine hand bone, where is it? Mm-hmm. 
all by myself No one to walk with, but I'm happy on the shelf Hey, misbehaving, saving my love for you For you, for you, for you I know for certain, the one I love I'm through with flirting, it's you that I'm thinking of Hey, misbehaving, saving my love for you Like Jack Horner in the corner Don't go nowhere, what do I care Your kisses are worth waiting for Leave me I don't stay out late, no place to go. I'm home about it, just me and my radio. Ain't misbehaving, saving all my love for you. Three fantastic tracks to end this beautiful spotlight on jazz legend Fats Waller. First track that we heard was All That Meat and No Potatoes. Second track in the middle there that we heard was The Jitterbug Waltz. A beautiful waltz which featured Fats Waller on the organ. We've been talking about him as an organist and I figured, hey, this is a great shot to actually let you hear uh, his very melodic, beautiful organ playing. So, now you can hear what I was saying. It's totally different than like a Jimmy Smith sort of thing, you know. But, uh, yeah, very influential on Count Basie for sure. And Errol Garner. And then we ended the set with probably the most well-known Fats Waller tune in all of his catalog, which was Ain't Misbehavin', which actually featured Zooty Singleton on drums, uh, Slam Stewart on the bass, and a Benny Carter on the trumpet. Not the alto, but the trumpet. And that comes from the, um, the Hollywood film uh, Stormy Weather, which we talked about before. <clears throat> well, hopefully you have really dug this very special spotlight on Fats Waller and the hits that's associated with Fats Waller. All of these songs that you heard in this episode of the podcast, he wrote which is worth noting uh, as a testament to his 
prowess as a very important jazz composer, not just a pianist and organist and a vocalist and a raconteur and entertainer, but as a serious composer. And the mystery that shrouds the fact that he could have been the one who actually wrote the songs I Can't Give You Anything But Love and On the Sunny Side of the Street. So there you go. Uh, But I wanted to end with this beautiful elegy that the Irish poet Michael Longley wrote for Fats Waller, and it's entitled Elegy for Fats Waller. Lighting up lest all our hearts should break, his 50th cigarette of the day, happy with so many notes at his beck and call, he sits there taking it away. The maker of immaculate slapstick, with music and with such precise rampage across the deserts of the the blues a trail he blazes towards the one true mirage enormous on a nimble-footed camel and almost refusing to be his age he plays for hours on end and though there be oases one part water two parts gin he tumbles past to rain wise and thirsty at the still center of his loud dominion the shook the shake the sheik of araby and that's michael longley's elegy for fats waller <laughs> it kind of encapsulated encapsulates him doesn't it so if you enjoyed this episode be on the lookout for a subsequent follow-up episode entitled fats waller the rarities because For as enjoyable as these songs and hits were, there's so many more that are just as goofy, popular, funny, um, and and it it just, they encapsulate the the sly wit associated with Fats Waller. So I do hope that you stay on the lookout for that episode coming up. So in the famous words of Duke Ellington, you are all very beautiful, very gracious, very kind. And we do love you madly. We're not anything without you. So thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your day or evening. Um, And we really appreciate it. So until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now. Because in jazz, we trust.